Last week was the end of a wonderful series where through a number of themes, Daniel, Steve, Janet, and Terry took us through our vision, what God has given us to see, our vision to see the glory of God known across London and the nations. And, and if you were not here for parts, parts of them, I would really recommend to, for, for you to go and have a listen. I mean, if you go on YouTube and go onto our channel, Trinity Church London, you will have all those messages there. So that was last eight to 10 weeks. And uh, next Sunday, which is the 1st of December, we would start with our Advent series, where we would look back at the first at the first coming of Christ and what was the first Christmas day like. So we would look at that. But today, I thought, let's look back to God once again. Let's raise our gaze once again to God and see all that He has done in our lives, all that He has in store for us in the coming days. And all that He has in store for us as individuals, all that He has in store for us as a family, as a community, Trinity Church London, and also as part of the families of churches, which is regions beyond. So one of the very significant promises that we as a family of churches are carrying at this point is the word of the new era. And God spoke to us very clearly that you are entering into a new era. And let me just quickly paraphrase in my own language that this new era is not like a new season where because seasons come and seasons go. Uh, things, you, you sort of know what, what sort of things are coming up in the new season because you have been there before. But the new era is something absolutely new and you have never been this way before. And we believe as Trinity Church London, we are taking hold of this word. And even now, as we are thinking that next year onwards, January 5th, 2020 onwards, we would be not meeting here, but we would be meeting in Waterloo, in Coins, Coin Street Neighborhood Center. God is sort of uprooting us from Doubletree, uprooting us from Victoria and placing us into a new place for new beginnings, for the new era. And I believe that there are promises for us to take hold of at the, in these times. I believe that that is the beginning, that's just the beginning, the commencement of the new era for us as Trinity Church London. But when I think of Trinity Church London, I don't mean that it's only the church collectively that we are, we are entering into the new era, but us as individuals also, we enter into a new era. Be it about giving your life to Jesus, in that vision where you say that, no, I believe that God or Jesus is standing in uh, and knocking on the door of my heart and saying, come on, would you let me in? And you're saying, yes, Jesus, I let you in in my, in my heart. I let you in in my life and I make you my king and my savior. So that is a beginning. That's a new era for your life. Be it that or be it a huge or a massive role or a change of role in your workplace. And now you're saying, wow, I, have, I've, I did not see this coming. I did not see this coming. Or even laying down of your job and laying down of your life and saying, God, I want to focus somewhere else. I want you to show me that big picture that you have in store for me. And that's the beginning of the new era in the individual. And so we want to take hold of these, these things that God has in store for us. And while talking about individuals, one such individual that God actually brought him out and placed him in the place where he would be entered into, he would enter into a new era. One such individual was Abraham. 
And for me, Abraham and Sarah's life from Genesis 12 is very close to my heart because God spoke to us, Nam and myself, Nam my wife and myself. God spoke to us very specifically from Genesis 12 before we were leaving India three and a half years ago and coming to the UK. God spoke to us, leave your country, leave your people, leave your household and go to the land I will show you. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And why do I say that um, God was bringing Abram into a new era? Because the Bible says that he, along with his father, Terah, the whole of household, was, they were idol worshippers. And God was sort of bringing them out from this rebellious world and saying, I'm going to give you some promises. I'm going to place some solid promises on your life, such solid and so vital that they would be the plan of redemption to bring the mankind back to God. That was the beginning of the new era in Abram's life. So Genesis 12 verse 1 onwards. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you that you speak to us through your word. Mm. Lord, even in, the, in this, t today, Lord Jesus, as we step into Abraham and Sarah's shoes and see and, and dig into this passage, what you spoke to them and what was this new era like for them. Lord, I pray that you would get hold of our hearts as well, Lord. That you would burn the same passion in our hearts that we would live for your name's sake, Lord Jesus. I pray for my friends here who, who are even trying to figure out, do you, really, do you really exist? Are you really there, real? Are you listening to us? Lord, I pray that you, you would call my dear friends by name this morning and they would be caught up in this new era that you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I have very simple three sort of points to talk about. And the first one is this. The call of entering into a new era starts from God. Verse 1 says very clearly, the Lord said to Abram. Now Abram in himself had done absolutely nothing to receive this call over his life. To be that privileged receiver of, of call, God calling him his friend. He had done absolutely nothing. It was God who was the originator of this call over his life. And that was sheer grace. That was sheer grace and nothing else at all. God's love, God's grace over us. And you may say that's quite basic. Yeah, of course. But I think it's helpful for us to start from there. That that's where we start from. It is God who places the call over our lives. It is God who gives us promises. It is God who calls us into the new era. And what, does ha what happens when God calls? What, what happens when God speaks? When God speaks, God's word accomplishes what 
It has gone forward for. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that, go, that goes out from my mouth. This is what God is saying. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So God speaks and stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, last Sunday, Daniel was explaining very clearly from Genesis 1 how the whole of creation came into being out of nothing. God made this, everything that we, that we see around us, God made this out of absolutely nothing. He separated the water from the land. He made, he planted, he made vegetation and animals and plants. And, and on the sixth day, God made man and God made woman. And that was out of love, and they were supposed to live in, in perfect harmony, perfect relationship with God for the rest of their lives, for eternity. But in our own stupidity, in our own pride, we chose to walk away from God. So that was, that was Genesis 1, when God spoke and things happened. When God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. And now in Genesis 12, the same plan of redemption is coming into being again. And God is speaking and He is gathering this whole mankind again back to Himself, reconciling back to him, Himself, the whole of mankind. What are some of the promises that we as a family, as Trinity Church London carry? I mean, it's, I, was, I was finding it super amazing and really helpful when I was looking at the words that have been spoken over us a year and a year and a half ago. Let me share some of them with you. I hope this, these impart faith in you. On 14th of April 2018, in this room, around a group of 20 of us in this room, and uh, this is what was spoken. But look, look around today. Look around today. We, God has grown us. And I don't mean just numerically God has grown us, and praise God for numbers, obviously, but at the same time, God is growing us into one another, as in relationship with one another. I mean, we have got some, some, some uncles and some, some other brothers and sisters and, and cousins from India joining in, and it's becoming one big sort of big family where the big brother is coming in, the cousins are coming in and saying, yeah, come on, we are part of one big family. God is bringing us together as, as family, and he's growing us. And this is what was, was spoken for us, over us. You are starting with a seed and for a while you might remain like a garden plant. But God will grow you into a tree where the birds of the air will come and perch in it. Trinity Church would become a place where people would migrate in. And as was also said that Victoria is a suburban station which mostly serves the south of London. There would come a moment when you will move to another station. Wow. I mean, we are moving to Waterloo. That, is, that should not come as a surprise to us. Very good. <laughs> On 10th of September, a little over a year, 2018, this was prophesied over us. Trinity Church will be a house where diversity will be celebrated. I hope you feel celebrated this morning. I hope you feel, you feel that, ah, I am loved in this place because of the place that you come from. It will be a house of vision. An onward moving house, a house that continues to take ground, that continues to move forward. At times you may feel that you can't really keep up, but that is the DNA of London. It pushes forward in technology, it keeps growing, keeps moving forward, and this house will continue to grow in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Along with that same word, this was also prophesied, it said, I saw billboards all over London, big and small. And I saw God's 
going to give you a slogan for this house describing what it's called. In the vision that God has given us to see His glory known across London and the nations. Yes. And, and this is what it says. Look at, listen to this. It will embody, the slogan will embody what will take place here. I mean, if, if God wants us to be known for one thing, just one thing, my prayer and our prayer, I'm sure, is that God, we would be known for your glory. Yes, Lord. That we want to be known for your glory, that people would come in only to meet with you. If they want to meet with you, they will come in to meet with you. That's what we want to be known for. One last one, one more. There are, there are lots more, but probably we don't have time. But one more. On 20th of October 2019, which was a month last month, in everything that you are saying and doing, including your preparation to move into Coin Street, Waterloo, God says, I am going further. He is going ahead of us and doing more than we can ask or ever imagine. Amen. Brothers and sisters, these are solid promises to take hold of before entering into the new era. Our God is a God of promises. And that is what He gives us. He wants us to enter into the new era with some solid promises. And that's very true for us as individuals. He, he doesn't want just us collectively to carry promises. He wants us to carry promises, His promises individually. I mean, we have been talking about since morning, the whole morning, I felt we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. And He wants us to take hold of that. And I'll come back to that. How many of you feel that you are carrying a promise from God? A show of hands. I assure you that this is relevant. I'm not sort of taking you on a guilt trip if your hand is down or anything of that sort. I assure you this is relevant. One of the things that I felt in my heart for the new era was every man and every woman of God would carry a promise from God. Every man and every woman entering into the new era will carry a promise from God. So God is the originator of the promise over our lives. But that does not mean that everything will be cakewalk. Everything will be super easy for, for, for us. Everything will work out. Oh, yeah, yeah, God will work everything out. Everything will be a plain, straight path for us. No. The call to enter into the new era is going to be costly. It's going to be costly. Look at what verse 1 says. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, leave your people and your father's household. I mean, look at the increasing intensity of the things that God asked Abram to leave behind. When God was asking Abram to leave behind your, your country, he was actually saying, leave your comfort zone behind. When God told us, about, when God spoke to us about this, I, I mean, he spoke to us so clearly. He said, leave your comfort zone behind and come and follow me. And sometimes when we are in our comfort zone, we can feel, ah, oh, life is all about me, my life, my wife, my children, my job, my career, and, and that's it. Everything revolves around that. And God says, leave that behind. As I understand, by asking him to leave his people, God was saying, leave your familiarity behind. Yeah. Leave your familiarity behind. By asking him to leave his father's household, God was actually asking him to leave every sort of security that comes by living under a protected, protected roof. Leave your security behind because, Abraham, I want, I want to be your reliable strength. I want you to find that security, that dependability, that reliability in me. That's what God was saying. Leave all of that behind and come and follow me. 
come and follow me. And we might have had some similar feelings with regards to moving to Coin Street. I mean, I, I had that in, in the beginning. I was like, come on, Lord, this is comfortable. This is nice. I mean, we are just bank opposite Victoria Station. We are getting to know each other. We're just trying to find our feet in Victoria. We're just getting to know the place uh, around a little bit. It's a, literally a stone's throw away from Victoria Station. There's one train in, and we are in Trinity Church, London. Now, if we move to Coin Street, come on, it will, it will, take, it will be costly. More time, more money, more trains, more this, more that. And I'm not saying that all of those things are irrelevant. That's not what I'm saying. They're costly. Of course, they're costly. That's why we're saying that entering into the new era is going to be costly. I mean, the scripture talks about the call being costly. James and John were, were in the boat, and Jesus said, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And the Bible says they had to leave their nets. They left their nets. They left their father in the, in the boat, and they followed Jesus. Matthew, the tax collector, Jesus said, come, Matthew, follow me. And he left his business and he left his establishment behind and he said, I'm going to follow Jesus. I mean, there was one man who said, uh, Jesus, let me bury my father and then I'll follow you. And that doesn't mean that there was a funeral service planned. It probably what, me, it, probably what it means is, let me, let me, let my father get old. Let him die. Let me grab hold of my inheritance. I mean, I've been part of this family for a long time. Let me grab hold of all that, that is mine and then I'll follow you. And friends, there is a danger there because Jesus says, if you hold on to your life, you will lose it. Yeah. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will actually find it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. You will actually find it. And I've shared my story with you guys already. I, can't, I cannot not share what God has done in my life when I'm talking about Abraham and Sarah. I mean, I come from a Muslim background. God, God sort of called me out from there and God said, come and follow me. And on the day when I heard the gospel, on the day when, when that question was answered, what about your wrongs? That the question was answered, this is what I will do with your wrongs. I will take those wrongs and separate it from you as far as east is from the west. This is what will happen. And I said, God, this is the most amazing day of my life. Nothing can be as beautiful as this. Nothing can come close because that day I met with God. I met with Jesus. At the same time, at the same time, it was also a very painful moment in my life because at that same instant I realized if I follow Jesus, I will have to leave my mom, my dad, my brothers behind and follow him. And there is a cost. And I'm not sharing this to throw a pity party or sympathy or anything of that sort, but just to show that there is a cost involved. And I'm not saying this. Jesus said that. If you want to follow me, you have to carry your cross daily and follow me. There is a cost involved. And the cost may look different for different people. I mean, it may, look, it, it may feel that, okay, I have to submit my plans, I have to submit my dreams and my desires into God's hand and say that, God, do what you want to do with this. I'm holding this lightly. Do what you want to do in my life. This is what it means to be costly. God, I'm giving this to you because you come first and all my dreams, all my desires, all my, all my plans come later behind. But you come first. I want to follow you, Jesus. So the call is costly. Even if it comes from God, the call is costly. But that's not the end. That's not the end because the most beautiful part of the whole passage is that 
God is faithful and there is a purpose. There is a purpose behind this call. There is a purpose why Abraham was called. And that's my third point, purpose of the promise. God said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will make your name great. I might have shared this previously in, in the other parts, but culturally in those times, by making your name great didn't just mean that, oh, you'll be made famous in your locality. I mean, I'll, I'll come out of Bromley South, I will go into Nero Cafe and there that lady who serves coffee will know me, oh, AJ's here, yay! <laughs> That's not the point of making your name great. I think what God meant at that point of time was that by making your name great, I mean I, generations after generations after generations, people will remember what God has done in your life. And friends, today in 2019 at Trinity Church London, today we are talking about Abraham and all those promises of God over his life, not just as a random group of people, but actually as heirs of these promises, yes. God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. He has fulfilled his promises and God is a faithful God. So God says to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse whoever curses you. All the people on the earth will be blessed through you. And brothers and sisters, I really want us to take hold of this. This is probably the most important bit of this morning. God's ultimate purpose behind calling us into the new era is not just us merely blessed. God will bless us anyway. Not, but that's not the complete purpose. The purpose is that God will bless us so that we can be a blessing. So that we can be a blessing. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing. I mean, God's purpose for, for you and for me is far more than just you and me. He wants us to be a blessing to our offices. He wants us to be a blessing to the way we, car we carry our, our children. He wants us to be a blessing the way we do schools and colleges and universities and, and be in the neighborhood and the community and the city and the nations. He wants us to be a blessing everywhere we are. Yes. That's the plan of, that's the purpose behind giving us the, these promises. The big question, how can we be a blessing? How can we be a blessing? So God has this ultimate plan. God has this ultimate promise that through Jesus, I want to reconcile mankind back to myself. Whoever believes in Jesus, whoever believes that Jesus was sinless, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross for our sins, he was, he was buried and he raised again from the dead and he's coming back to judge. Whoever believes in this, that my sins are forgiven because of Jesus, whoever is believing this, that person would be reconciled back to me, back to God. And once our life, our plans, our desires, our dreams when they come in line with this purpose, with God's ultimate purpose, we will be a blessing. When this happens, this reconciliation happens between the two plans, we will be a blessing. And once this reality comes into our minds and into our hearts, the whole way of life changes. The whole way of life changes. I mean, we start living in this world as sojourners, as travelers. I'm not here for, 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 for eternity. Yeah. I mean, just to give you a little perspective, this has just come into my mind, it's not in the notes. Uh, if you stand in front of the ocean, and if you hold on to a, hold a needle, and you dip it into the water, and you bring it out, the amount of water that you see there, 
the amount of water on the needle that you see there is probably this life that we are living. The length of the, of the life, the years, the number of years. And the rest of the ocean is your eternal life. The rest of the ocean is your eternal life. I mean, it will go on and on and on and on and on. And our purpose to be a blessing here. God says, in this life, be a blessing. Be a blessing. Our plans reconciled with plans of God, saying that, God, I want to live for your glory. This vision, this vision statement, we just don't want to just say it out loud, saying that, yeah, this is our church's vision statement. We live it out. We really want to live it out. And you know what the best thing is? The best part is that God doesn't say that, go and do it now. God says, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus says in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to, to, to obey all that I have commanded to you. And I will be with you till the end of this age. Yes. The promise is that He is with us. Yes. His Holy Spirit lives in us. Hallelujah. He has not left us by our own selves. And at the same time, if you look for one promise, you'll find hundreds and thousands of these promises in this book. These are, this is something to chew upon. This is something to lay hold of and say, God, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I must finish. Um, I asked him a question during the preach that whoever feels that, yes, I'm carrying a promise from, from God and does not feel that, no, I'm, I don't think I have anything. But today, I believe that God, what, what God wanted me to do is that bring all of us on the same plane, as in all of us on the same plane saying that, yes, we are all carrying a promise from God. Before entering into the new era, as we prepare ourselves, as we prepare our hearts and minds, we are entering into the new era. Lord, we want to enter into the new era with promises. Yes. And so one thing that I, that I felt the Holy Spirit say that, how, how can you bring all of us on the same plane? And if you... So this is, what, this is what I have done. Uh, if you move your hand around the chair on which you're sitting, you will find a small little piece of scripture there. Come on, do it. Now, yeah. Underneath. Und underneath the chair, if you move your hand around, you will find a little piece of scripture there. That's sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Read that scripture. These are not made up words. Those are Bible scriptures. Those are solid promises for each one of us to take hold of before we enter into this new era. This is what God says about you, over you. This is what God says. Enter into the new era with a promise. Now, all of us are on the same plane. Not one of us can say, I don't have any promises. Everyone has a promise from God. The outworking of it, obviously, is in God's hands. I, I don't know when and how and it will all be worked out, but God knows best in His time. But He says, today, you have a promise from me. And how do we respond when we, when we have promises from God? How do we respond? We respond the way Abram responded. I believe Abram responded with faith. Abram responded with obedience. And Abram responded with worship. 
That's how Abram responded. Verse 4 very clearly says, So Abram left. So Abram left. What do I do? Obey. Obey. If you're unsure of what what this piece of scripture really is saying, I mean, there'll be time for, for we, are, we are a family, of course, we can talk to one another, there'll be more wisdom around and, and, and share your life, share your story, share, ask for prayer, whatever. But there is a promise for us to take hold of. Let me quickly summarize. We are entering into a new era and God wants us to go with a promise. It will be costly, but God says, in everything that happens, I am with you. Amen. I am with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are good. You are always good, Lord. Thank you that you speak to us, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. Thank you that we are not entering into this new era on our own strengths, in our own selves, Lord, but you are going ahead of us. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray, Lord, that that we would take hold of all that you have in store for us. That nothing would hinder, no fear, no no boundaries, nothing for us would, would hinder to take hold of what you have in store for us. And most of all, Lord, we would never lose the wonder of you being in our midst, Lord. That we would keep ourselves thirsty, we would keep ourselves hungry for you and you alone, Lord Jesus. For your glory, for your namesake. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.